Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Failure to Stomp's last call of the day. All the political news you need to be aware of so that you can make everybody upset this Thanksgiving holiday. Listen, I'm on the lake. I'm not in my studio. I'm on the lake. We're at the lake house. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. It looks nice behind me. Thank you, guys. Everybody in the live chats. Today, we've got... um, well, we've got a mayor, a former mayor who was supposed to get over a hundred years in prison because he had some child sex abuse material that is extremely explicit. We'll find out today why he's only going to serve maybe 30 years, but he's up for parole in seven. We've got Biden's polling numbers that are just in the dumpster and what Axios and all the other polls are saying, what it means one year out. But the big story today is Bin Laden's letter to America driving Gen Z crazy. Or is it? I don't know. We're going to talk about it right here on today's Failure to Stop Last Call brought to you by GhostBed.com. Let's go. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. Policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Early birds are getting the worm today. We're an hour early, and that's because it's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm on vacation. Everybody's on vacation. Everybody's getting ready for Thanksgiving. That's why I've got this Mickey Mouse rig set up. Going old school with the old DJ hand mic, wearing the Dixon flannel. I look like I'm ready to throw down at a rave. I get it. Michael Hendricks in the chats, uh, dead leg, Casey Anthony, Will Cray. Thank you guys for paying attention and knowing that we were going to be here ultra early. If you want to support the show, hit that like and subscribe button. And then, of course, go and follow us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a five-star rating and review. Today's show, again, brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. Woo! And we also have Factor Meals. FactorMeals.com forward slash Wolfpack50 for 50% off. Uh, those are meals. That's meal planning delivered right to your door, hand prepared by chefs, fresh and never frozen. And we love Factor Meals. My kids love Factor Meals. My wife loves Factor Meals. And my bank account likes it, frankly, because it's it's comparable to the grocery store. But I don't have to waste all of that time. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Tyler from Anti-Hero Podcast. And we also have Jason, Jason Kiefer from One More and I'm Out of Here Podcast. Quick update while we wait for those guys to jump in here on the book. The book is officially, well, I mean, the book's been done for like a year. But we are now teamed up with Nick Palmashano and the entire team from the Scars and Stripes guys, uh, Tim Kennedy, Tim Kennedy's book, Scars and Stripes. His co-author, Nick Palmashano, is uh, the one that's heading up my book. Uh, his agent is my agent as well. And that is super exciting. It's called Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story. There will be a landing page made here soon. We have a book deal. It's official. It's signed. We worked on it yesterday. And so that's very, very exciting. So thank you to everybody who has has sent me your email addresses um, even like a year before the book came out. You know, we have uh, close to, I think, a thousand emails, if not more, right now in the book. Uh, and that was that was a year ago when we were just talking about it. So for everybody that's getting on that email list super early, we thank you guys so much. Uh, five-star crash test says, wow, right as it's starting. Well, congratulations, five-star crash test. I'm glad you made it. Uh, hammer the like button, if you will, please. What's going on in the media world? And it's all about Ben Laden. This is, I'm going to tell you right now, this show is weird because I'm not looking at a video camera and I'm not in my studio. It's very awkward to look at the, uh, camera on the laptop today so uh, i'm sorry that this is coming across very awkward to our youtube viewers thank god that 99 percent of our listenership comes from audio so i hope that at least the audio is good uh my producer Deadleg, and also the co-host of last call he is here today Deadleg, uh how do i sound i don't care how you sound how do i sound you sound nice and bassy and perfect and do i got- sound as good as you do because you always sound so much better than me i don't know if it's it's I, I that's subjective because I can't stay in my voice, but yeah, you sound really good. It's the if the people that if you haven't if you're listening to this, go back and watch it. There is like 
the background that Eric has. We paid mm. lots of money for this green screen to happen. Oh, yes. please. That's real deal. Look at this. This is real deal. <laughs> Look, do you Man, see the geese fly by too, like five seconds ago? God, I'm so telling beautiful. you, this lake house, we come here every year. It's the uh, grandparents' lake house, my wife's grandparents. And it's like being in a movie. And there's like 32 people that show up for Thanksgiving and they have a dining room table that sits 32 people. And it's very personal. You have a gift at your seat. You have your name at your seat. Like it is so over the top. I love it. I feel like a movie star whenever I'm here. Uh, but you know, I'm only always here for like a week and then I have to go back to my peasant home and, and remember that I'm just a, just a peasant. I'm not rich and fancy. Uh, Josh, have you been keeping up with with the TikToks and the Twitters in regards to the Bin Laden story? Yeah, and, and I, like as I started to do my digging, uh, this dude wrote a lot. Like for having the ability to plan all this stuff and be a leader of a terrorist organization, he made sure to carve out two to fifteen hours a day to just journal every thought that he has because there is a lot. They're, they're, if you want to know the psychology of a person, just listen to some of the ramblings that they write. And he's got a lot of ramblings. And I, I got to be very upfront, straight up, dude's piece of shit. But once you read what he has wrote, he explains why they did what they did from their point of view. Because if you want to think about like the art of war, you got to think about things from the other person's perspective because then you can start to plan things because if you know hey this is how this person is going to act i can do things accordingly once you read this i wouldn't say it makes you a, a sympathizer but it makes well, me i think it, like, change, it does change your perspective what this story is coming from i'm going to read this article from fox news and then we're going to talk about it by the way at the end of this episode I will read you the full letter, the painstaking full letter that Bin Laden wrote since it's very difficult to find on the interwebs. It's not yes. all that hard. Deadleg and I found it. Um, but if you don't want to waste the time, you can fast forward to the end of this episode and I will just sit here and, and read through the letter. It is interesting. And and you might want to listen to it. Right now, you're probably like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that. that fucking, uh, they, I'm not going to listen to some terrorists. But, you know, after we talk about it, maybe... Maybe you'll want to hear it. Maybe your uh, your interest will be piqued. This is coming from Fox News. A TikTok influencer went viral this week for promoting Osama bin Laden's letter to America. Online personality and pro-Palestinian activist Lynette Adkins urged over 175,000 TikTok followers on Tuesday to read the words of the terrorist mastermind behind the 9-11 attacks. She says, quote, I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read a letter to America. And please come back here and just let me know what you think, because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now. And a lot of people are just I just need someone else to be feeling this. Oh, anyway, this thing goes viral ish. Um, there is some debate on how viral is viral. It literally got spread around 2 million times uh, or 2 million shares, um, which is pretty big, I think. Uh, there's like 150 million U.S. TikTok users, they say. I think they say that that's what it is, 150 million. That sounds like a lot. Um, it, but it got shared only two two million times. But here's where I, this is where I think it gets a little bit kooky is TikTok and I and and. and TikTok is supposed to be this Chinese spy app and they're spreading propaganda and they're poisoning the young minds. Yes. And then they released this, but then TikTok took it down. And I think you have to ask yourself, well, why was it trending in the first place? Who stirred the pot? Was it TikTok or was it this TikTok user um, with 175,000? And in, in which case I would say it's probably not TikTok's fault that some American woman decided she wanted to dig up a letter from 2002 and repost it to the internet. I don't really care about the history of how it got on TikTok. What I'm more concerned with is that it's been taken down from TikTok. It's been taken down from places like Twitter. And I think you can't have censorship if you're going to censor everything. If this manifesto had been up on the Guardian since 2002, which is where is where she pulled the article um, and now the Guardian has since taken it down. So from 2002 to 2023, 
there this this letter to America, anybody could go see it at the Guardian. And now in 2023, we can't have nice things. And now it's a problem. And when you take something down and you make it a problem, it makes everybody go, mm, it actually adds fuel to the fire. Tyler from Antihero Podcast has just arrived. Tyler about, uh, talking about this whole um, letter to America from bin Laden. Um, but now that they have taken it away, I, I've, I personally feel the Audrey Hale manifesto. I think any manifesto should be public record. Um, and I think if it would, and, and here's here's my, my thing on it, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't care if Gen Z, and they blame all this on Gen Z. And I listen, I don't know how much Gen Z, I, I don't even know how much stick we can put in that. Because it's not like, I mean, I hang out with a lot of Gen Z people. We have a lot of Gen Z listeners. I haven't heard Gen Z or anybody in the Gen Z world that I know at the skate parks or skateboarding talking about this at all. So again, this might be just a media spin up where the media is saying that it's something when it's not, but they have taken this out of context. And why would you not as mainstream media or the guardian or any kind of a, a real journalist network, why would you not just put it into context rather than remove it? All right, I have a simple answer. It calls them out. And when you read it, you're going to hear it calls them out. It explains why we went there for 20 years and didn't accomplish squat. Like once you read it, it puts things in the full con. Like once you get like full context and clarity of, of the, the past 25 years, then you're, well, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm a, I'm a Osama bin Laden sympathizer, but at the same time, we should just keep, take care of our own stuff kind of deal, keep to our own mind. But we got attacked and the, for doing things that were before we were born. So now we're, we're perpet like at some point we have to stop this, but because it's just going to keep perpetuating, like you're going to attack us and then I'm going to get mad and my grandkids are going to attack you. Then you're going to get mad and your grandkids are attack us. And pretty soon you're going to have 200 years of the United States in the Middle East and in this long conflict. So Tyler, it, your mic is extremely hot. I can hear you clicking your, your, uh, even the cable. So I don't know if you can fix that or not. Um, have you guys read the letter to bin Laden? I mean, from Bin Laden. Have you read that, Tyler? I didn't even know it came out. <laughs> when did that come out? 2002, brother. 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> Wait, so how would he be able... How would he be... Or for a paycheck, man. I didn't really care. <laughs> how would he... But, like... Okay. Because how would he be able to talk about 20 years of war in a letter that was written in 2002? Well, he, he didn't. Well, so we actually, and that was confusing when I read the letter. And, and since you're just joining us now, I am going to read the entire letter at the end of the episode. If you want to stick around to hear the whole letter, you're more than welcome to. I think it's a fascinating letter. I can actually empathize with why these TikTok folks, these influencers um, were so shocked by it. I think even myself being much a part of the Afghan war at the height of the Afghan war, um, I was really kind of like in, engulfed in its history. Uh, the lieutenant that I had at the time uh, really liked to study the history and, and wanted to teach us kind of the history of what we were doing there. So I was pretty aware, or at least I thought I was pretty aware of what we were doing there. However, I always saw, because the Taliban that we met in Afghanistan were so ridiculously dumb, um, I, I mean, they were like a booger eaters. Uh, essentially they it, it was you know I, I mean can they maneuver and, and can they you know can they do something sure yeah but for the most part a lot of these taliban guys were you know kind of peasant booger eaters i mean they weren't i i, I would not have imagined them to speak the way that that they did here i mean even the local afghans uh the intelligence level there uh, or book smarts, I should say. I'm very street smart of a people, for sure. But book smarts, uh, being able to articulate things. When I read the letter, the first thing I thought was, geez, golly, this is like the most learned man in all of Afghanistan. I mean, we talked to mullahs who, you know, they, they govern these little towns in Afghanistan. And you're just like, dude, how do you even like, how do you even garden or or eat? Um, anything other than crowns. I mean, dumber than most of the Marines that we had over there. Oh, I'm just kidding. That was a shot at the Marines. But I, I, I'm shocked was is that how intelligent 
bin Laden appeared in the um, in the letter. But if you look at like parallels between pieces of shit in history, we'll use Hitler for example. Hitler was also highly intelligent, but the 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 Germans that are the ones that are out there on the streets, you know, picking their burgers and stuff, might not be the brightest bunch because they're all hopped up on meth and all that. Not meth, but all up the other stuff that they were hopped up on back in the day. So I'd say there's some parallels. No. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you don't I, you don't necessarily need a, a bunch of people that are smart to follow a cause. You just need to be able to rally people, and all that that you need someone smart to be able to to think that through. But the 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 action people, the bullet catchers, you don't want to you don't want to put your your smartest people out there to be the bullet catchers. You when you want to you know put your burger eaters out there. You know what I mean? Murph five thirty in the chat says uh, the booger eaters, the smart ones are the ones converting the booger eaters to fight they're not the ones that are actually doing the fighting and i guess that's true too um and yeah i liked i read the letter i think it's important for other people to read the letter keith's joining us for one more now out of your podcast keith have you read the letter uh i have not i kind of came to the party late so i'm catching up that's okay that's okay uh if you haven't if you've been living under a rock which i'm sure you probably have as a firefighter uh <laughs> The Gen Z guys were talking about the the Gen Z love and for Bin Laden, and I think oh. let's be real here. I think the love for Bin Laden is not real. That's I, I haven't really seen that. I think that's more of a media spin up, trying to make something out of nothing. Like I think they would like Gen Z to to appear to be that stupid, um, so they can make the voting ages you know <laughs> large you know twenty one plus or something crazy like that. Um, but I, I can see where you could take this out of context. And I think the way to combat it, if you really cared, and, and, and mainstream media doesn't care, it's just more proof that they don't care. If you if you wanted if you wanted to prove your point, all you would have to do is simply release the letter in its entirety and encourage people to read the letter in its entirety. Um, I think once you get down to the last few paragraphs where it's talking about their so the, the first half of the letter, for those who haven't read it is all about why they hate Americans. And, you know, if I said a whole bunch of reasons why I hate Josh, I could probably paint Josh to look like a pretty nefarious character. But then if I finish that off by telling you my intent to make Josh look nefarious by exposing my own shittiness, then you'd be like, oh, well, Eric's kind of a scumbag, and I'm not going to listen to anything that he said in the first half. And that's what this letter does. This letter paints a very terrible picture of America only to go on and say that we must rid them of their filth and their homosexuality and all, you know, their gambling problems and their filth and their disgust. And we must convert them over to Sharia law. And then like the true colors of him really come out and you're like, well, well, hold on, buddy. Um, like we can't be all that bad when you always want to turn us into religious slaves. Yeah. We got to get rid of Josh's homosexuality for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, fellas. My bad. I'll just say myself. <laughs> we'll pray his gay away. Oh, and Eric, to your point, I mean, anything that you only get a little bit of context of, yeah, I mean, it can be painted which, you know, whichever direction you want, depending on how you how you pose the wording. But, you know, when digging down into it and getting the actual meaning behind it and investing, you know, your time into that, I mean, it's, and we see that every day. I mean, I'm sure, you know, as police officers, you guys saw that and, you know, you, you can, you can paint, a horrible picture with just a little bit, the more evidence you get, you realize, Oh, it's not the way that that was painted. So. Right. That's not the, that's not the whole story. I, I think that taking this down, TikTok banning it, banning the hashtag, it only adds fuel to the fire and it makes something look like there's something more nefarious. I think in mainstream media, Fox news, CNN news, why don't we just read it? I think it would be a great story. I mean, that's why I chose to do it here today on last call. Uh, our Thanksgiving specials because well, let's just talk about it. Like, you know, instead of covering it and making it impossible to read or to look at, why don't you just read the fucking thing and then talk about it? Why don't we do some real journalism? Why doesn't 60 Minutes just deep dive the the manifesto of Bin Laden and tell the story of Bin Laden? Tell tell the story of of where he came from and how he got there. I mean, not everything America has done is perfect. Absolutely not. Um, I think the industrial military complex is a real thing. 
And, 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 but the more we learn about that, the more we can change, just like we've continued to change over the past 200 years. We've gotten rid of slavery. We've gotten rid of, you know, uh, bigotry and some hatred. I mean, we're, it's a, it's, it's definitely growing pains, but we're getting there. And maybe the next thing we can learn from is this industrial military complex. But at the same time, we can't glorify people like bin Laden or people who want to force other human beings to live under something as astringent as Sharia law. Do you guys think that Afghanistan will pick back up and go back to its old ways? Well, I mean, it's old ways were pretty modern, to be honest with you. In the 60s and the 70s, they were just as modern as everything else. It wasn't until the Russians came in there to 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 fight with Afghanistan and then the rise of the Mohajideen and, and the rise of the Taliban to fight the Russians and all the fighting age males were pretty much out. And uh, the Taliban came in and took over and, and created Sharia law. And then that went all the way. But, that, you know, if you really want to go back in the 60s and 70s, you know, if you go back and you look at pictures, they're very interesting, but there were no burqas. There weren't any um, hijabs or anything like that. And now, you know, so I think that, you know, between, you know, in the 1990s and the 2000s, the Taliban had done a great deal of damage. And, and, and the people who were alive in the 60s and 70s weren't there anymore, or, you know, they didn't have the, uh, technology to share those memories to say like hey this is actually what it was like and we were actually doing pretty fucking well until everybody started fucking with us like the russians and the americans and i think it's also important to note that like it it really hasn't been ruled out that our cia wasn't the ones that started all that shit because afghanistan is probably one of the most strategic places in the world to own and it's like impenetrable uh if you can hold afghanistan it is literally the key to the middle east wow where the uh, where the Taliban originate from? I I have no experience in Afghanistan. All my my deployment was in Iraq, so I wish we had Hamity here. Uh, Hamity could break it down for you. The terrorist whisperer, he knows, he knows all those things. Uh, mainly the most of the Taliban came from Pakistan and and Saudi Arabia prior to to, to Pakistan. So, and then yeah. and, you know. And, and Hamas, not too far off, not too far different, uh, distant, but, you know, it all comes back to power and control. America's the same way. We want power and control as well. Um, I think that we just have, you may be a prettier way of looking at it with this guise of freedom and freedom to do it kind of whatever you want. But uh, I think what's interesting and pertinent in the letter now is how much he talks about Israel and Palestine in 2002 it was almost as if he was saying back then that our goal was to take Palestine um, and Lebanon. I mean, the majority of that letter, which is why I think it resonates with all of these Gen Z folks right now, is because of how much the letter talks about our involvement with uh, Palestine, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia. And he's kind of calling out like what our intentions were. And now 23, 23 years later, we're kind of seeing those intentions played out and if you don't read the full context and you just read that part it is kind of nostradamus-esque you know it, it definitely paints a picture of of uh foreshadowing foretelling and, and i can see why people are really upset about that and some of the comments on tiktok were like this has changed my life it's changed my perspective and on twitter somebody put um that they're trying to make fun of gen z and and well, we'll talk about that in a second, but it went pretty viral as far as the Twitters or X, whatever you want to call it. But it was a montage of of the Gen Zers talking about how reading the letter uh, to America from bin Laden, how it changed their life. And it feels like they've been lied to. One of them, one of the women wrote that um, I believe she wrote uh, and I don't have it pulled up here, but um, she wrote this must this must be what it feels like when a cult person becomes self-aware and removes himself from a cult and realize they've been lied to their whole life. And that, I mean, I think people really did. And I, and a lot of these Gen Zers, I, I, listen, I don't even think it's Gen Z. It's probably a lot of millennials. I think it's probably anybody that came across that TikTok. Probably you cannot read that letter and not have some kind of a gut feeling behind it. And I think the government doesn't want you to have that gut feeling at all. Although that gut feeling kind of goes away once you get to the end of the letter. So if you could just make, if, if the government would just, fast forward you to the end of the letter or just make the end of the letter go viral. I think you would have a full context of everything, but I, I, it shows us that it's more proof that the government doesn't want you questioning what the government is doing. And this manifesto really does 
leave open a lot of room to argue our foreign policy in the Middle East. Oh, did our government try and how long did they keep it uh, a secret before they released it? No, the, the the letter to America was never really a secret. It was published on The Guardian, which is, I, I think, a UK-based or Canadian-based news source. I, what What is The Guardian? I forget. I it's UK. I, I, it's the UK. Uh, I get all these mixed up. That's why we have, that's why we pay Josh. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry for my sporadic thoughts here, but as you can see here, for those just tuning in, I am on vacation. So, <clears throat> and I'm in a makeshift studio here with a bullshit mic. Uh, what was your question one more time? Oh, the UK, the Guardian. It was never kept a secret. It was never kept a secret. The Guardian posted it. It's been out for like 23 years. And this this TikTok person came and pulled pretty much the first half. There's two halves to the Bin Laden letter. The first half is the why. And the second half is the what are we going to do about it? And I think when you learn about the what are you going to do about it, that puts it all into context that, you know, Bin Laden's and their intentions are not pure either. But the first but half of it was read and went viral yeah. on TikTok. In it, he, the, so he, the, the beginning of it, they explain like, this is why we do this. This is why we've done all this stuff. And then this is, then the second part is like the continue, but they're, it's the, they use this Sahara uh, law. I'm, I'm very cautious when I come to talk about this stuff, but they use that law as their 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 justification for what they're doing because we follow this law and they don't we need to they're they're not pure we need to get rid of them this law says we can because if they're not following this then they're not pure with allah and they're not following the right ways so they're trying to justify their killings because in the letter he even says we can't just go willy-nilly killing people we have to have a reason for it and then he's like okay well we, if we just say all the reasons, now we can just go kill whoever we want. So that's kind of how it goes a little bit more. But I don't know that it, the, the the I don't know why you would pull pull it down. I don't because my thought because with with uh, with TikTok specifically, TikTok and X both specifically, they're not controlled. Well, the majority of it isn't controlled by our government. And TikTok, that's why our government is after TikToks because they don't have the same influence that they have over Meta and Facebook and Instagram and all the other ones that they did and like they used to have over Twitter where they can completely control every bit of the narrative, tell you the way it's going to be, and you can't question it. So in this, it part part of this, it makes you want to the, – the, the just behind writing a letter, you're, you want to have people to rally to your cause. So there is – parts of this that it's going to want to it's trying to call people to call, to call to action call this is what we want to do because of all of this stuff so in there it's it lays out all these things that our government's involved with allegedly that we have been involved with over the years allegedly that now that they're just tired of our government dealing with their stuff and part of me says yeah if our government has nothing to do with that why would what are we doing over there we're not the world police. Yeah, and it's hard for me because I'm such good friends with Hamity, just him, the terrorist whisperer. Um, he's been on the show many times. I've had dinner with him several times. I've spent Christmas with him. Um, and I'm, I'm good friends with him. And, and if you and he just spoke at the Marine Corps Ball. He was the guest speaker at the Marine Corps Ball. And, and if you listen to his speech at the Marine Corps Ball, you know, it, he is more than grateful, more than thankful for us freeing his family and this kid was imprisoned at 12 years old for not following sharia law for for not giving up um uh 20 to the bath party uh, and instead buying a pair of shoes and he was imprisoned at 12 years old with his family on his fault and they did mox executions of his family to teach him a lesson that you don't question uh you, you don't cr cr question saddam hussein in the bath party and if you listen to, to him and he and you you hear about the just the the fear that they lived in constantly and the propaganda that they were fed they were literally they could only watch or read what saddam hussein allowed them to watch or read and you can imagine how quickly your mind can be poisoned i mean he tells a story that when he got to america he thought everybody had aids in america he thought that aids and jerry springer was america and 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 it took him a while to like not look at us like Jerry Springer or AIDS ridden people. He thought that HOV lanes 
were for people who had HIV. Like he thought that there was so much AIDS in America that they had their own lane to drive in. So when you hear stories like that, you're kind of like, well, you know, great. We freed the oppressed, you know, the, the oppressed Hamid Sim, and those are all great things. Uh, but then we're also kind of with this conflict was, you know, we did it under, yeah, I mean, we did some good. We rescued guys like Hamidi Jassim, but you know, the totality of it was we were there for, for black gold. Um, yeah. And we well, were you got you. severely. I mean, we really, I don't know that there's anybody that can really justify why we're, why we were in Iraq and nobody really talks about it. And, well, and the reason why they don't talk about it is because nobody can come up with a reasonable justification for us being in Iraq in the begin with. Well, we did Iraq wrong. Even if we wanted, even if we did the invasion, cool, whatever. That's you know probably still wrong. But and then we hit a point where we just stat stagnant and we became a police force. And then the general at the time for the army was like, "Hey, we're a killing machine. We're not national police. We don't do. We don't just sit around." So they kind of let, especially Baghdad, they let Iraq eat itself up with everybody. So there was chaos and anarchy and it just shit the bed. And we just sat there like, well, our offense is done. Right. So now we're just maintaining a, uh, uh, a pattern where we just patrol and it got so bad where people were vandalizing and looting and stealing, uh, biblical artifacts that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And we had to have the U S had to have teams, their mission was to get these artifacts back that were being hidden in the drywalls of homes. So again, we kind of, and then of course you can get into that and say how we created, um, ISIS because we, we, you know, Paul Brent, what was his name? Paul Brenner with the, the state department. When he went in there, uh, the Iraq army was like, Hey, we're ready. And he goes, disband all of you, all of you guys, we don't need you go the fuck home. And everybody was like, I don't know if that was a good idea, Paul. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have a bunch of military aged males that are like, hey, we need work. And ISIS was like the beginning of ISIS. I don't remember what they were called at the time. They were like, hey, we got jobs for you. And that's how we created the insurgency. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have a lack of police state or you have a lack, lack of any kind of law enforcement or control, the younger crowd, the younger generation is going to find a reason to rise up and to do shit and to take power. I mean, we see it with all of the, with the Antifa riots and everything like that. Uh, the youngins are going to, they're going to rise up because they're younger and they're full of testosterone and rage. And that's, and that's going to be their outlet. And they're going to find a reason Um uh, to, to hate you and and that's why there it's important that you do have some kind of law and control but i'm not sure that we need like the excessiveness of sharia law well and i think you know, to, to your point with the young you give them one little cause one little cause and like you said with all that rate that built up rage and and hostility and yeah they're gonna they're gonna push that out somewhere and you know obviously we found for the wrong reasons but and it, 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 that's the scary part is because when they all band together and we've seen it, you know, in the riots in the streets here, it only takes a couple to to start this whole big revolution. Yeah, I wish we could have a bigger revolution with things that actually pertain to what's going on here at home. Right. Instead of abroad. Uh, and I know, like, you know, there's a I, I, I met with Gnostic Pope. If you're not following the Gnostic Pope, G-N-O. STIC Gnostic Pope on uh, on TikTok, hundreds of thousands of followers, thirty two degree Freemason. I mean, like numerology. He's into it. <clears throat> He's a fun influencer to follow. We've had him on our Night Shift Top Secret Information Show. You know, but I was talking to him, and he's he does tons of biblical research, uh, demonology. He does a lot of things. Those things scare me. Um, but you know, he says he does it because somebody's got to learn about it. You know, uh, it exists, you know, which we got to talking about. And this is, I was going to make a reel. I might make it later. But like, we all know that giants existed. We all know that that's real. Like giants were a real thing, but we don't talk about it at all. And all of the giants and all of the um, the archaeology that, that pertains to giants is hidden and kept away and only kind of makes a glimpse. But like, we all know that that shit's real. Why does the government keep giants? Like, why why aren't giants as cool as fucking dinosaurs? 
Well, here's the thing. You're right, but I didn't know this until about maybe a year and a half, two years ago. So I'm in my fucking mid-30s, dude, and I didn't know about Giants. And I I, I totally believe it. After I, it was told to me, I was like, oh, shit, they were there. They were real. They were in the caves. And some people say there's actually a really, man, there's a really good story about a patrol. I think it was Army in Afghanistan. Yeah, it's one of the biggest YouTube videos I've ever did. I think it's like, I don't know. Somewhere oh, you've done like- it? Yeah, I did the giant of Kandahar. And I mean, we debunked it, but like also it's not really debunked. You know, we read the whole story. You can go back and look it up on our failure stop channel. It's got like 60,000 views, but it was called the giant of Kandahar. And it's a story about these green berets coming in contact with a giant. Um, I, I don't know that I believe that story in its totality, but it's interesting enough. Uh, I wouldn't put it past our government to cover up something like that. But I mean, even aside from that story, there are, they're literally like in the Smithsonian, there are giants. Look, Josh, look it up. Just type in, uh, our, our fucking giants real and see what's coming up. I don't think that they try to hide it. I don't think that anybody's debating that they're not real, like David and Goliath and all they're just not, they're just not advertising it. Yeah. They just don't talk about it at all. But anyway, so, so he was saying like demonology is real. And nobody wants to talk about it. And that's why he dives into it. But he was getting into like some really crazy history shit about Zionists and Israel and Hamas. And it was like, I was blown away. I don't know. I mean, listen, I I didn't, wasn't, I didn't have like a fact checker with me. I'm a C minus student at best. So it's not like I could sit there and pick apart what he was saying or fact check it or not fact check it. Kind of like when I listen to flat earthers, I don't have the mathematics in my brain to dispute them. So I just listen. And it was one of those, but I mean, what he says was pretty compelling and um, and the fact that like the fact that we can't call out fake Jews and that's being anti-Semitic, like we know that they're fake Christians. We know people that they claim they're be listen to Catholics. There's people that claim to be Catholics, but they only claim to be Catholics so they can get into church and diddle children. We know that. Well, we've seen Boy Scouts. We know that too, right? Like these guys aren't really not living by the core values of Boy Scouts. They're not living by the core values of Catholicism. They're using Catholicism to get to the little boys or to, to get to uh, the little girls or um, whatever deviant outlet they're trying to because it's a soft target. There's a lot of people that go to church for lots of different reasons. And so you you can find the weak and you can find the people who need to be loved, quote unquote, and you can take advantage of that. So to say that there are Zionists or fake Jews or people who just um, use their Jewish heritage or lineage to be part of kind of almost like a fraternity, if you will, um, but you can't talk like that or you're an, it's, it's anti-Semitic talk. And, you know, I, we, you know, when we talk to him about it, there is a lot of stuff that, that, that you should be questioning, but we're not allowed to question that because, you know, you're against the war effort or you're anti-American, you're anti-Christian, you're anti, anti-Jewish. So, so. Well, it's kind of on the Jew. I guess it's, it's the only people that can call out the fake Jewish people are the Jewish community, you know, what that, that can do it. In the sense of they can't get in trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. And anti-Semitism, you know, is is almost becoming more like and I have a couple of Jewish friends and uh it's on the forefront, it's all they talk about is Jewish hate. But outside of the Jewish community, I don't see any Jewish hate. Like I've never ran into anybody that's like, Man, I don't like Jews. Like Except I mean, aside Kanye from West. what I saw in the view with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I think he's not a race. Kanye West is insane. Like he is clinically insane, but he he has a TBI for sure from that car (laughs) act. But he openly, uh, he openly uh, criticizes the Jewish community. Yeah, and I think a lot of older generation people do too. I was having a talk with um, a man that was like eighty three years old, uh, which is two years older than Joe Biden, and we were having a discussion about Naples, Florida. Because we're, we're putting together a significant meetup in Naples, Florida. Um, it's in the works right now. Conservative Anthony is putting that together with some other celebs. And um, so I think it's, you know, it's it's going to happen this summer. Whether I'm going to get my liver content, ready. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a rager for sure. Um, but he, you know, this man that I was talking to was like, wow, man, that was for all the, the Jews. The Jews were in West Palm and, you know, the... Uh, Gentiles were in Naples and I was like what 
And he was like, yeah, man. He's like, we used to vacation in Naples, but uh, the Jews, they, uh, the Jews always vacation in West Palm and the Gentiles, we always, we always uh, vacationed in Naples. And I was just like, it was so matter of fact, because I guess say 70 years ago, or well, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, I was, was it that we, our generation doesn't talk like that. Like we don't, right. Like we don't even talk about Jewish communities really, do we? No, not, I mean, not at least not where I'm from. I mean, you like, really you ever heard of like the Jews go to one place and the Gentiles go to another place aside from the Bible. That's interesting though. Cause I've, I've never heard that. It's, it's almost like a bad, uh, bad version of West side story with the sharks and the jets. <laughs> the other thing is, is I keeps got like a couple years on us, but we're all about the same age. We all grew up. <laughs> Easy, fella. Low key. Low key. <laughs> I didn't say he's got thirty-five years. <laughs> Says he got three to five years, dude. But we all grew up with, like we like we started with floppy disks in school. Like we did, we started with no computers, none of that at all in school. And then we graduated the floppy disk. And by the time we graduated high school, we were on thumb drives. So like the sense of a community, what it used to be back then and what it is now, like I do remember growing up in a like this tiny little town in central Ohio and everybody on our block, we knew everybody on our block, both sides of the street, the entire block, all the way around. We knew everybody. We knew every family. We knew who lived there, who aunts and uncles who was sleeping with whose neighbors. We knew all the kids, everybody. So to, to think that if you were that tight knit of a community before the internet, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Cause it, I mean, you got to think about like, a, you know, how big of a city is that, you know, New, you know, New York, how bad it was segregated and not just because it was segregated, but just that's where people were congregated in a specific area. So then you've got this borough and you got this borough and you got this borough and you got this borough and these groups of people just happen to congregate. And that's where everybody is like, okay, this is our spot. Okay. This is our spot. So now this is going to be West Palm is for that. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's that far of a stretch. Yeah. Uh, as far as like the Jewish thing goes though, like I, my Jewish friends now, they are, immersed in jewish hate everything is jewish hate they and and i i'm telling you from outside the jewish community i don't see it i i don't know if that's being perpetrated inside of the jewish community or you guys are you know are in some kind of um uh what do they call that um when everybody is in one social media page one and they're only getting oh, like, think, uh, like, okay, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're like in some kind of an echo chamber, but like I've, I literally on outside of being a Jew and I don't know what it's like cause I'm not a Jew, but I've never heard anybody talk bad about Jews really. I mean, aside from, you know, Jew jokes, which, you know, are seen <laughs> to go against God and uncouth, the, you know, but back in the day, I mean, we could tell all sorts of bad jokes. I mean, there were Irish jokes, there were Jew jokes, there were black jokes. Well, and I think we all told them equally. And now you, if you tell any jokes, really any jokes, it's it's uh, in poor form or, or off well, color, off taste. Well, let me blow y'all's minds with this. Do you remember a couple years ago when all of a sudden they were shoving Asian hate down our throats? And I remember <laughs> sitting back thinking, like, there's no Asian hate. I don't know any one I, guy I realized I was racist. <laughs> I've never jerked off to an Asian porn. I've hit every other like, race. I've never hit the Asian market. So I was like, dude, maybe I'm racist. I don't know what it is. And so, um, you know, I went and tried to beat the Asian hate out of myself and it, and it didn't work. So I don't know. I'm just kidding, guys. The problem is, is we were looking at Asian gay porn. That was the problem. You need to look <laughs> at straight Asian porn. There's a difference, Eric. Beat the hate. Beat the well, at least, at least Josh knows I'm safe around his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. We got yeah, that going cool, for yeah. us. You can take my wife out for dinner anytime because we know that you are not attracted to Asians. And his <laughs> wife the same bed? Asian. There's a fire and there's no clothes? Go right ahead. I don't care. <laughs> Oh, you want to come over and watch a Netflix movie with my wife while I'm out of town? Sure, no problem. <laughs> Why do you bring that industrial bottle of KY? I don't know. That's awkward, but okay. Uh, speaking of uh, of sexual deviancies, a former Maryland mayor. Again, this is coming from Fox News. Um, and and I was I, I the reason why I didn't pull anything from CNN news today was because CNN has 
some kind of a pop-up thing going on this morning. It was ridiculous. And I got frustrated because it, these pop-ups were popping up every five seconds. And I was like, okay, well, I'm done. I'll see what Fox News has to say about it. And there wasn't any pop-ups. So I don't, I don't know what's going on over at CNN at the moment. Um, doesn't really matter what Fox News or CNN says about this. I think the writing's on the wall here. Um, a former Maryland mayor and well-known LGBTQ activist can, uh, convicted earlier this year in a heinous child pornography case was sentenced to 30 years in prison on Monday. Again, they have to throw in the LGBTQ activists just to rile your emotions and get you pissed. Rather than just reading what this guy did, there's obviously an agenda here to say that anybody that's with LGBTQ is a pervert and a, and a pornographer. You know, take that how you want to take it. But uh, I probably wouldn't have written the article this way. I think journalism should have just written it the way the second paragraph reads. Patrick Wuhan, uh, who resigned as mayor of College Park, Maryland on March 2nd before his arrest, pleaded guilty to 140 charges related to child pornography as part of a deal struck with prosecutors. He was sentenced to 150 years total with all but 30 years suspended, but still will be eligible for parole in seven and a half years. You know, we're very close to the case of... Um, uh, we, we've covered the Dennis Perkins case, which is probably one of the most disgusting and heinous cases that I've still have read to this date. But then on the opposite side of the spectrum, we have the other case that we covered where he's probably innocent and he gets 260 years Hope because of racially motivated charges. But we have a mayor who is, and, and here, and, and maybe this is where the LGBTQ comes in. I don't understand how he gets sentenced to 150 years and 120 of those years are suspended. So I'll throw some more numbers out there. 60 counts of distribution, 40 counts of possession, and 40 counts of possession of a child sex abuse material with intent to distribute. That's 140 individual different charges. There were 52 victims individually that they were able to identify. So how yeah, in some of these cases you, was severe sexual abuse and sodomizing of little boys. I got who, you. Uh, have yet to be. I got identified. you. I, I know how because forty people wrote letters expressing their support for him, Holy who was the former geez. mayor. They spoke of his success as an elected leader and community activist. More than a dozen people spoke of his good character, including his husband, mother, and sister. 50 how do you, do that? Like, how do you speak highly of somebody when their computer is infested with child pornography and some of it involves sodomy of little little boys under the age of 10 that they haven't even identified yet i don't have kids and it's probably a good thing because i, I would be a dead something like that they fucking execute you yeah. They would have to execute me before I got some. I just straight up, if one, if my kid was one of those fifty-two, oh, you sure. damn sure better put him behind bars for the natural rest of his born life. And then anything that I can do, because I'm pretty fucking resourceful. Let's just be honest. Anything I can do to get to that person, you need to cut my means. Like you need to put me just as much locked away from this person as this person locked away from anybody else. Fifty-two. You're like the guy from Law Abiding Citizen. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got. It was an old movie. I like. Was that Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. No, it was. Uh, no, 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 no. It was Three Hundred. Uh, uh, Gerald Butler. Uh, uh, yeah, Gerald Butler. Jamie Fox. Probably one of the Fox. best right. plot movies, plotted movies ever. Because every guy that watches that movie goes, "That was extreme," but I get it. You know, I I was you know, else, you know else is a great one. Man on Fire. Yes, that was yes. a great too. I wish yes. we had. More time. More time. Um, authorities say the 48-year-old uploaded and shared dozens of photos, videos depicting explicit child sex abuse, including the rape of prepubescent boys by adults to social media apps in January. The Post reported the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children nonprofit Prince George's County Police Department on the social media activity in mid-February. Through their investigation, police determined the social media account with the screen name Skippy MD actually belonged to Wuhan. By the way, Wuhan is a white male. Um, I know that Wu, Wu Yan may lead you to believe that this man is of Asian descent. He is not. He's as white as can be. 
By means of subpoena, investigators found that Wu Yan's College Park government email address was listed as the recovery email for the Kick account. Wuhan's phone number and home IP address were linked to the account, according to authorities. And here's this is my problem with these mayors and things that they it is so common practice for them that they don't even try to hide what they're doing. If I, I feel like he this is probably learned behavior from these politicians that they're all doing nefarious shit like this and they think that, oh, well, everybody's doing it, so there's no way I'm going to get in trouble for it because who uses their own email address as their backup email address on their government computer while they're distributing and sharing child pornography? So it's disgusting on both fronts, too. What he did is just absolutely despicable. But then the judicial judicial system, and you suspend 120, I mean, out of 150. I mean, how does that happen? In our judicial, yeah. and how do you live with yourself? Like you said, Jason. Like how do you live with yourself as the judge in this in this particular case, knowing that you <laughs> are allowing this guy to potentially be out in seven years? And what's that judge into? Well, here here's the thing. There's and there's that's, you know, that's what Yako Buyans not to cut you off, Josh. But that's what Yako Buyans was saying. By the way, we are launching the Yako Buyans episode. It was on Patreon. Um, but that is coming out Thursday and Friday. It's a two for special. So Thursday night, instead of Calm Center, there will be um, the Yakobuians. Yakobuians is is probably the, the the largest child predator hunter in the world. Um, all the umbrella companies, Underground Railroad, all of them um, fall under Yakobuians. He's the one that started this. He has an incredible story. His sister was kidnapped. It took them seven years to get her back if she'd been trafficked all around the world. Movies like Taken and all these other movies kind of derive from his story. So um, he's got an incredible story, an incredible mission. And I got to meet him personally and interview him personally for over an hour at the Albemarle Police Department. Um, and after having lunch with him and the police chief of Albemarle, it was absolutely a fantastic opportunity. And then I got to meet with one of his uh, co-workers um, who is a, a spouse of a Navy combat Navy veteran. And she's brought, she started Project Safe House and, um, and, and what she's doing for child sex trafficking and human trafficking is incredible. So that's Thursday and Friday all about it. And then if you go and listen to Night Shift TSI last week, we had um, King Bo on who wore the shirt uh, at his last MMA fight. Big fight went super viral, 20 million uh, shares, which is more viral than this, this TikTok of bin Laden, by the way. But his shirt said uh, Trump was indicted before anyone on the Epstein list. And, um, and we got to hear his powerful words and him calling out the elites and who may or may not be on that list. That episode was so crazy, we could not put it on YouTube because <laughs> we would be demonetized for sure. So a lot of sex trafficking talk um, on the Failure Stop Network this week. And next week, we have we have a guest three times for all three shows. We have... Uh, Jonathan Emer, he's, he's running for U.S. Senate, but he is known as the FDA slayer and the last constitutional litigator. So he's coming on last call to talk political news um, of what's going on in po politics. He's coming on breakdown next Friday uh, with Tyler and I to talk about the constitutional laws that he that he fought and won in regards to COVID and January 6th. And then he's coming on night shift TSI to talk about taking down the, the FDA and the uh, proving that the FDA is out to feed you knowingly and purposefully cancer causing agents, things that cause, um, brain degenerations and, and all these things. So, uh, he's going to be a fabulous guest. He's extremely smart. And again, one of uh, the only man to go after the FDA and win. And he won eight times and he's now running with with uh, the U.S. Senate. But um, as far as the child trafficking goes, I made a tweet this week and it got a couple of retweets. I'm, I'm still new to Twitter. But, um, I, you know, I looked up hate crimes in America and there were five, I know, four and a half times or four and a quarter times more child sex crimes adults on child four and a half times more child abuse sex child sex crimes than there were hate crimes so realistically we don't have a hate crime problem and we don't have a race problem in america what we really do have though is child sex crimes i read a stat 
It said one in three children are being sexually abused in the United States by an adult. What? Wow. It makes me... Well, here's some numbers that that I just caught. And something that I would... If I were in Maryland in a law enforcement agency, 40 people wrote letters of support, I'd be looking into every one of them. Right. Not only that, there are 40 counts of possession with intent to distribute. Who were they distributing to? I would be looking at every one of them as well. Yeah. Like, a fat preacher won't preach about gluttony. So all your preachers that won't preach about pornography and the dangers of pornography, or they won't preach against uh, sexual deviations and things like that. Maybe you should look at your preacher too, see why he's not talking about those things because it's, it's an apparent problem in the United States. Also the United States is the number one child trafficking and human trafficking country in the world. Whoa, I didn't know that either. I didn't realize that until I saw uh, The Sound of Freedom. I haven't we seen just, that movie. I haven't seen it either. It's very good. It's we good? just spent the last couple of years with our border open. How many tens of thousands, if not close to hundreds of thousands of children have we trafficked ourselves as a government that are unaccompanied and unaccounted for? Well, there was the whole Haiti thing where they brought a bunch of kids over from Haiti through the Clinton Foundation, and they said that they weren't... Uh, when they didn't have any parents and all of a sudden an FBI agent who may or may not have hung themselves yeah, uh, I, was like, wait I, a minute, I, we've got like over a, like over a hundred missing children right now. Parents actively trying to look for their children. And you guys just brought a boatload of children to the United States that they say they can't find their parents, but we have parents identifying them in Haiti. What's up with that? And then the FBI agent dies from, so the cliff, note, the cliff notes of this is we have a degenerate problem in this country. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Full like degenerates, dead like like it's the the one of the biggest uh, arguments for closed borders was, in all reality, and it didn't it didn't get uh, shared at all, but it was because we need to the people that are coming in are being trafficked, and we can't stop that. So it's safer for people to not be able to access the U.S. because once they cross the borders, they turn into ghosts. We're enabling them. We're enabling. We have all those buses that we've sent up that 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 we sent up from Texas up to to New York, and we've sent up to Chicago, and the the Chicago's building a camp on the south side of the city that they don't want people to know about to put all these illegal immigrants in. But yeah, but I have a I have a story that'll kind of give us hope. That's Biden's polling numbers are fucking down the drain. <laughs> well, besides that, but go ahead, if, tell your story. If you want to have like one of the things about TikTok specifically is because our government doesn't have their fingers in there as much other governments do. And then Twitter, our government's had their fingers taken out of it. That's why everybody's all over mad about Twitter. So Media Matters, um, they specifically allegedly from what the the yeah, this is what, a great story. I'm glad you brought yeah. it up. I'm glad you brought it up. I think it's an important story. And, and I'm going to let you finish telling the whole story. But for our people listening right now, uh, there are a lot of guys, Tim Pool, Donut Operator. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm guessing if, if, if Donut Operator's in on it, I'm sure Jared Taylor and those guys are in on it too. Um, a lot of people donating to Twitter right now to help combat this, this pullout. Um, Don Bongino, a lot of these guys, man, $250,000, uh, the, the Hodge twins, they're in it for like, I think the Hodge twins are donating $15,000 a month for the next year or something like that. Um, Tim pool, Tim cast sent out 250 G's. Uh, lots of people are trying to combat this. I don't know if it's going to help or not. I, I, what I expect is that it makes Twitter a little bit more right wing because it seems like everybody that's on board with this new Twitter boycott, that's combating it is all conservative based or loosely conservative based podcasts or social media influencers. So yeah, to go back on this and, and finish your story, it is an important story of why Elon is suing media matters because what media matters did in this case is what probably happened in the last election. And it's probably going to happen again and this election, this is the kind of distortion, this is the kind of manipulations that you don't think are real. These are the kind of conspiracies that you don't think are real, 
But Elon Musk being, I don't know, an alien or a robot or artificial intelligence himself was able to figure this out and catch it and then expose it. And the media has been just trying to like bore us with the facts and they talk like really slow when they talk about it and they talk really fast and it just, and it, and it seems like you won't care. But if you understand the totality of what they did, what media matters did to Twitter to take Twitter down, you can start applying that to people like Trump's indictments to some of the people that are surrounded by Trump to project Veritas. You can, you know, to uh, different media companies that are being shut down or swatted, uh, so go ahead, tell us the whole story. And I think you guys should pay attention if you really give a shit about the integrity of of our judicial system as it pertains to elections and everything else. So like the Hunter Biden story was suppressed and people have said if they knew about that, they may have voted differently in the election. So if that one thing could have swayed the election, think of all the other stuff that was has been dealt with. So after Elon's purchase... They've been trying to go after him anything that they can find, anything that they can bring up, anybody that wants to talk shit or talk dirt about him. They're trying to bring anything up. So what happened was Media Matters was manipulating the data to put an ad that was a neo-Nazi white nationalist ad next to like stuff like Disney or stuff like they were able to replicate it once I, I want to. Yeah, the, one time with two views, one of the views being the person who created the article. Created it out of over 500 million other impressions. So, like, for an idea of, how, like, in math, that one by itself is what you call a statistical outlier, and it's a non-factor. It's something that happens so low, so few times that that would happen you don't even address it. You don't look at it because it's not even something that'll happen on a regular basis. Then it becomes a, like, if you have something that happens on a regular basis, then you can find it. So what Elon was able to do was he was able to pull the data and was able to watch them do all this. So they were refreshing 12 to 15 times a minute to try to force this to happen. And it happened. Right. So what they did was they created an article a white yep. supremacist based anti-Semitic article. Uh, and then what they did was continually refresh before the, the article could be taken down, you know, because it takes time when you post something, it might take three weeks to be pulled down or demonetized. So what they did is they posted it and then they just hit refresh, 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 refresh until the ad popped up from Disney or from AT&T. And then they screenshotted it and then they refresh, 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 you know, um, until they got another one. And then they shared all of these ads out to the advertisers. Look what you look what we came across this video and your ad appeared on it. We came across this video and your ad upon. But the problem was that that ad only had two people view it. It never made it had never it never had any traction. But then Disney and AT&T and all these other companies, I think it was AT&T. Uh, my rock there? No, like a lot. A lot of companies pulled out. So for Elon, so if we went to the Hunter Biden, right, we've seen that that was pressed. You have to to be able to sue for something like defamation. You have to have a, a monetary loss, something that you can define that, hey, this instance, because of what this person said or what they've done, it for sure, no doubt, cost me money. So for this, Twitter for sure has the ability to show that not only did they manipulate the data, they then published the data as if it was factual, and then they didn't publish how they arrived at the data points of what they've got. They just kept pushing that this is what it is. So then advertisers start pulling money out. Well, guess what? When you start pulling money out, that's a demonstrable loss. You're going to get sued. Not only that, the people that you're trying to manipulate, they have the code. They have all of the, the key logs, every click that you do with your mouse. It is on their servers. So if you don't think that they can pull this back and then dissect this in real time, slow it down and go, you hit refresh, then you hit refresh, then you hit refresh, then you hit refresh, then you hit refresh. If you're manipulating the data to try to, to force something out, then it shows conspiracy. Like it gets deeper. Like, so it's not just that they want to have Elon off of Twitter. It's it's they're trying every opportunity that they can try to force to create an issue to get to cause buzz or cause worry about him or Twitter or X. They're going to try to do it. But as soon as he comes back with right, hey, no, this is I have the receipts. You guys are lying, and I'm taking right. you to court over it. 
So it'll start yeah, to set a precedent. Nuclear, <laughs> you know yep. that he's a thermonuclear. Uh, you know he's going to come at him with thermonuclear, whatever. Guys, uh, so we've ran over an hour and in a, in a, in four minutes here, and I know a lot of these guys got to got to go somewhere. And I promise to read the Bin Laden letter. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to end this stream. I'm immediately going to create another stream, and it's going to be called Osama Bin Laden's. Reading of Osama bin Laden's letter to America. Tansy's reading of Osama bin Laden's letter to America. Josh, if you'll help me create that stream, I'm going to jump off of this stream and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to jump over there and I'm going to read you Osama bin Laden's letter to America because if I read it here, this whole episode gets taken down. Whereas if I just do it separate, maybe just that one video gets taken down. Um, but I'm going to go over there and read it in its totality. And we'll see what happens. But somebody sent me a private message here that says, we might not want to read the whole thing on this one because it'll get the whole episode taken down. And I agree with you. So let's go ahead and we'll just start it. And I will jump over there. Um, thank you. One more and I'm out of here podcast. Jason, uh, going forward, I think Jason might be coming onto the network. Um, he surely don't know if it's a sports show yet or What's going on? He's been doing a lot of stuff on our Patreon account for a firefighter show called Down the Pole. Um, but right now we are trying to get uh, to get him a sports partner. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be John or if it's going to be somebody else. Um, but we have that in the works coming for the last of the of the football season. So uh, get used to seeing Jason Keith uh, a little bit more right here on the Fair Stop Network. Of course, uh, follow Tyler at Anti-Hero Podcast, coming out with banger episodes. Uh, their porn star one was incredible. Their, their one with um, a cop turned porn star, then they had the one with uh, uh, Rob O'Neill that was uh, super viral. Uh, what was the last episode y'all just did? Uh, that was with Brent. He's on contract, so he was out, but we talked about use of force in law enforcement. Yes, yes. Uses of force in law enforcement. Uh, a lot going on there. Um, a lot of people are just now getting around to sending me the videos from Las Vegas and from this new one uh, that maybe came out of Chicago or something where, where the guys got out of the car and beat the guy down and asked me to cover it. I covered those fri last Friday. So the, that's what last Friday's show was. So uh, um, go back and listen to that show. And I address both of those incidents in the last Friday show. Murph 30 dropping a super chat at $10. Bray won't give you money, but I will because I love you more. Thank you so much. Fulcanator. Uh, again, we have our FTS underscore Wolfpack private group on, on, um, on Facebook. It's doing really well. Head over there. They're having a lot of fun. Uh, basically freedom of speech for first responders. You can put crazy, nasty memes on there. Kind of say whatever you want. Um, as long as it's within Facebook's guidelines, I could care less what you put in there. Even if you hate cops and you want to jump in there and start a debate, that's what it's for. It's a community. It's the Wolfpack. Don't be upset when you get Wolfpacked. Um, if you were speaking of Wolfpack, I'm wearing my refracted Wolf apparel here. Um, Ironically, yeah, me too. I saw it too, and so is he. We're all wearing it. I also have my Red Pill Threads shirt on in honor of, of Red Pill Threads. So, uh, guys, go out and support those who support us. Factor Meals, Wolfpack.com forward slash, no, I'm sorry, FactorMeals.com forward slash Wolfpack 50% off. GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. We also have Manscaped. Don't ever forget about Manscaped. It's no it's no shave November gross. Ugh. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code Wolfpack. They got the lawnmower 5.0, baby. Uh, just in time for Christmas. It makes such a great trip. The Weed Whacker gets all your freaking nose hairs, vibrates, gets your nose hairs. Again, support those who support us. Don't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. From me, myself, Deadleg Media, One More and I'm Out of Here podcast, Anti-Hero Podcast. This has been your last call of the day. Stay tuned. Jump over. Going to read the thing as I promised. So if you're uh, fast forwarding to the end of the show to hear Bin Laden's Letter to America, just go to the next podcast episode down, and that's all there is. There's no bullshit. It's just the reading. No ad reads, no nothing. I'm just going to read it. I'll see you guys in a few minutes.